Hello and welcome. I'm Brian Pace Braga, and you're listening to Building Business and Balance Conversations with BPB. I created this podcast for anyone looking for insight, mentorship, and guidance from someone who's been there and back again on the road to success. I'm so excited to bring the most brilliant thought leaders and friends on air with me to get real about what it means to build business and balance and how you define your own success. Episode three features the incredibly deep and dynamic actor, my dear friend, Alexander Ludwig. This is a conversation you don't want to miss. We dive into everything from Will Smith's book selections on the set of Bad Boys for Life to the long and winding road since discovering his passion to perform at age nine and ultimately operating on gratitude over validation in his adult career. Alex and I try to cover the groundwork of building a fulfilling and honest life. And that's kind of the theme of this conversation I'm realizing is like all the risks I ended up taking to get here because those risks paid off immensely. And to date, the best decision I ever made in my career was doing Vikings. And because I grew as an actor, and the best decision I ever made in my personal life was going to rehab Unreal. because I grew as a human being. Unreal. Um, and, you know, came out the other side, decided to be very open about it because, A, who knows if somebody watches one of those videos or something about me talking about it and can grow from it, but B... Um, they can, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah but also I felt ac- accountable. Let's get to my conversation with Alex. Thank you for having me, Brian. This is really, really cool. I love what you're doing here. Bro, uh, means a lot for you to say that, really. And uh, we've known each other for a long time. And uh, I'm looking forward to this as much as, as delivering it to to our audience. Because, um, yeah, carving out an hour in our busy lives No, I tough. appreciate it. And I appreciate you doing this interview in the nude just to make me feel comfortable. That was really sweet. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Making me blush. Yeah. Um, well, we're we're down here in LA. You're living down here now, but we're both from from Vancouver. Yep, both from West Van. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think ten days ago now, I went to the premiere, or not the premiere. Sorry, the the I think it was the first night that it was showing Bad Boys for Life in London, and I watched you on the screen with Will Smith, <laughs> and I was just like, yeah. I mean, how how does it feel? Because I know how it felt when I was watching you. Um, how do you feel right now in the middle of this like craziness of this amazing franchise where you're on screen with Will Smith? Thanks, man. I, re- I really appreciate you going to see it, by the way. That was really, that was really cool. Um, I, you know, if we had made 40 million in a weekend, that would have been a huge success for the film. And I think we- Wasn't it 65? Yeah. And then a hundred globally. So like we, it was a, a massive, uh, response. And I mean, dude, I grew up loving- and admiring those films for so long, uh, also loving and admiring Will and Martin and their performance. So um, getting to work with them was, I mean, the only word I can think to describe it is just surreal. Like it, it really felt like I was in a dream. And, um, but once uh, that, that, uh, that all fades and the facade, you know, it's kind of lifted it, it's a job and I, and I felt this immense pressure to deliver because I love this franchise and I wanted to do the best job for it as I possibly could. And I knew the potential that these films had to continue. Um, and I mean, Will is just a, talk about somebody who's really mastered, um, themselves as a human being. Um, he, he set up this, I mean, 
this gym, this huge gym for the entire cast and crew to use on in the studio. Um, it was filmed in Atlanta, right? In Atlanta, uh, um, and it was equipped with like a cryo freeze and a and a pool. But the coolest thing I thought that he did um, was that he brought, and I actually haven't said this in an interview before, and I should have because it actually was the thing that impacted me the most was he brought multiple copies of his favorite books um, and left them in the gym for anybody to take and to read. So of course, being the curious person I am, I, I took pictures of every single one and tried to learn as, as much as I could. And I was really surprised about, you know, the kind of um, uh, literature he was taking in. I mean, it, it was anything from one of my favorite books, The Alchemist, to Amazing a lot of self-help book. books and a lot of, yeah. you know, um, you know, anywhere from The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People to How to Win Friends. Uh, I think it's like win friends and influence people or something. I can't remember the actual word, but it's just all these great, great books. And I just realized then and there that Will has spent a lifetime um, learning business and balance, you know, and that's unreal. Yeah, it was really, unreal. It was really great to see because I've always admired him as an actor, but also just as a businessman. And, and uh, totally, you know, he's a total operator. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, Fresh Prince of Bel Air to where he is today. Yeah. It's unreal. It sounds like he's, um, yeah, so committed to self growth mm-hmm. and and sharing that that's that's unbelievable and it's not surprising. Mm-hmm. You know, I continue as I have these conversations um, and meet super high performing people um, in different industries. Um, there is this common thread of just sheer self commitment to just being better yeah. and being okay with mistakes, but having this this commitment, this drive. Um, so thanks for sharing that and oh, congrats. Thank you. I mean, <laughs> thank you so much. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. Um, so I want to take, uh, take everyone back though, too, cause we did grow up together. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember my dad telling stories of your dad. Um, cause I think they would be, uh, traveling back and forth from London together. Your dad on his business, mm-hmm. you know, my dad on, on, um, working with the four seasons in the hotel industry. So I'd always heard of your dad, um, but then we got to spend some time together. And I think the first memory I have is Greece. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, so that was my earliest memory. I'd love to hear, because I don't think I've ever asked you, can you walk me through like life before that, like life with your family, who I have so much admiration for, um, and just like early, of course, early years? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, my family... Uh, is, you know, as you know, uh, we're very, very close. Uh, one thing that my dad has done so well is uh, he's put such an importance on traveling. Um, and the greatest gift he ever gave us was the gift of being able to travel. So, you know, we, you know, at a pretty young age, we'd seen quite a lot of the world. And I felt like that was the best education for me. Um, not to mention just as an actor, being able to start kind of seeing uh what it life is like outside of the the bubble i grew up in um and really appreciating what i had um you know i you know we had family our family things just like anybody else you know it was never perfect um but it was a family and 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 a, and a really good one and um and you know when i was about nine years old i realized you know that's kind of the moment I really realized that I loved performing 
Like I just loved You were nine. It. I was nine. And I remember watching all these <laughs> old films. Like we watched like the likes of like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid or like Cool Hand Luke, you know, or James Bond. And I was just like, I want to do this. Like I love, I'm just so fascinated by this and, and the effect it had on me um, to inspire and uh, inspired me in different ways and uh, learn uh, and through these films, I learned more about myself and about my dreams and whatnot. So I had asked my parents um, if I could get into the film industry and they responded with a lot of concern because so often time and time again, do we hear about how young kids get um, jaded in, for lack of a better word in this industry. Um, but for me, it was very encouraging because what I realized is that they actually believed I could do it. You know, and that's why they were hesitant. Um, and of course, being the crazy nine-year-old I was, I stole my mom's phone, called her old agent, asked for a meeting. Um, uh, and uh, I guess she thought, you know, if this uh, crazy nine-year-old is willing to give me a call, maybe it's worth the meeting. So I went and met with her. And no my mom, way. And my mom at that point was kind of on the bandwagon because she didn't really have another option. And I went out for my first audition, which was a Harry Potter toy commercial called The Slime Chamber. Still to date, best performance I've ever done and <laughs> best, best payday I've ever had. We got to find this. Is oh, it available? Somewhere. Oh yeah, you can find it on YouTube, and uh, and they paid me with, and, and I also got the toy, which was you know the best payday of my life, um, to date, and uh, and then you know that was incredibly encouraging because it was the first thing I'd ever gone out for, and I booked it, which is so rare, and you know I just got super lucky, and I started working my way up from anywhere from a Hot Wheels commercial to another commercial, and this and that, then small parts on you know movie of the weeks and whatever, you know, all the while you know doing that, going to high school and then feeling the, and look, my high school was so unbelievably supportive of this, you know, you know, Collingwood where I, where I went in. Of course. Um, and I'm so grateful to the teachers and the staff and our principals there who encouraged me to keep following my dreams. Um, but it wasn't easy. Like, you know, there was times where I would, you know, we were all young kids in high school. It's kind of like the jungle we all have to fight our way out of. Um, you know, and there would be, you know, kids saying this and that, or you wear makeup, you do this, blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, I just knew that it didn't matter. None of that stuff mattered to me. All that mattered is that I love what I was doing and I was going to do it for the rest of my life. Uh, coolest thing my principal ever did for me. Um, big, big shout out to Roger Wright. Um, is, uh, when I did my first film, my big film called the secret of the dark is rising when I was 13 I remember years that. old. Yep. Um, he, they threw a premiere for me and they gave all all the school the day off or my entire grade the day off to go watch the film um and i mean that uh, words cannot express my yeah, god what amazing support yeah really like and at the time i don't even think i realized how huge that was for me and looking back you know everybody was there to support me and that was just enormous and um and then you know uh that well, I just, just on that. Sorry, yeah, I just yeah, want to no, say that. I, I mean, I think I'm five years older than you. I'm, I'm 31 years. Uh, 27. You're 27. Yeah. So, I mean, not that I, because I didn't, I didn't go to Collingwood, but went to a, a, another school in the community. I mean, I remember like you, you had, a, you had an incredible reputation outside of our, uh, our, our, our dad's, you know, uh, small relationship. I remember like you were this rising star. Um, and I can also, feel uh for you like the the sense of like the weight of the world on you too because you would start to have all this crazy success at such a young age um I, I actually i can't i can't imagine 
trying to get through high school as challenging as it can be sometimes and trying to build your Hollywood career. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really tough and my grades were not great. Um, uh, and it's so weird to hear you say that because I've never felt that, like that, you know, that rising star. Because for me, it's- It was, it was real. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, I appreciate I you saying that. For I me, remember. it's always been like, you know, you know, you do one job and you got to go find the next one. It's these like slow building pieces and you keep chipping away at it and keep ch- And even now after the release of Bad Boys for me, it's like, yeah, that's a great, great, you know, notch in my, in my, in my belt of my career for lack yeah. of a better yeah, no, analogy. Sure. But, yeah. um, you know, that's not where I'm stopping and I'm not stopping at all. But to move forward, not to waste your time, but- like, And I just have one question yeah. also on, so was, was your dad being involved in Lionsgate uh, in was it was that was it when you were nine? Like, was there any influence from that? You think, or was it more? No. So, like, my dad started out with like building a, a tugboat company. I know that. Yes, which you of know, course. And then he ended up yes. he ended more up private sell- equity. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And he yes. sold that. And, then, um, and people get this mixed up in interviews because, like, that's why I want to make. Dad, yeah. I want to make this clear. That's yeah. why my dad was involved in Lionsgate, but he was like involved in the business aspect. At one point, he was the chairman, and at one point, he was on the board. Um, but it wasn't his company. No, it wasn't, yeah, I know that. He and didn't found it, and also it's like because it was a publicly traded company for him. It was about. Um, it was about, totally not about the creative side of things at all. For him, it was just uh, totally business related. Yeah, business governance. Um, yeah. So no, I wouldn't say in that sense. In in fact, I would I would argue that it was the opposite. My dad had really put a uh, a, 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 a kind of instilled a strong uh, sense in me that I had to um, do it yourself. Yeah, but also like go to go to college and do the and do do those steps because he because it worked for him, you know. And and I get that totally, hundred percent. But. Um, I ended up going to college. I uh, went to USC. Yeah. Um, you know, by some grace of God, I got in. <laughs> I think it was probably just because of my film career. It certainly wasn't because of my SAT scores. And I, you know, and I was there for a year and a half. And looking back, I wish I had really um, taken that in more because there was a lot that that school had to offer that I just, because I already knew what I wanted to do, you know, and I was in a lot of ways already doing it. Um, yeah, you're already, what, at 19, you're already six years, seven, well, 10 years into your career. Yeah. And since the big feature film, six years. Yeah. I resonate with that. I mean, I I, I dropped out after two years and I, I've, I've, as I've reflected on my life, um, I just wasn't mature enough at that stage to appreciate education the yeah. way I do now, actually. A hundred percent. I really wasn't. Yeah. So I'm sorry, I just wanted to, mentioned that so you're at usc no yeah so i'm at usc and um basically before i got to i'm bringing you back for a second before i went to usc i had done a film called race to witch mountain which was uh, a big disney film with dwayne the rock johnson and uh uh that was kind of my first taste of living in los angeles and and i was through that um and actually through the secret i was able to get uh an age a representation in la um which is a huge step when you're starting in vancouver to make that transition uh and it's a scary one um but then there was this period between 16 and 18 where or 19 where i wasn't booking any jobs and i wasn't uh you know, I was too young to play older. I was too old to play young. And it was a very scary time for me because it was the first time I ever had to look at myself and go, shit, like maybe I can't do this for my life. You know, maybe I do need a backup, you know? So. Yeah. Self-doubt kicking in. Totally. Yeah. Um, I peaked early and. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and then I, I moved out to LA, uh, 
and I knew I had to go to a school in LA because I had to be there so I could audition and I could keep fighting. And I had made this choice when I was in college and it was no matter what happens, if I'm 80 years old and jobless, I'm going to keep chipping away at this as long as it takes. Because looking back, if nothing comes of it, at least I'll be able to look back and know that I made my 12-year-old self proud, you know, and that I went for it and I gave it everything I had. The irony in this, I find, is that is that when you do what you love, you find a way to make it work because you love doing it. So you find a way to master everything you do. And you're constantly learning, as you know, in business. It's like, it's like, oh, yeah, it's, every day. <laughs> yeah, every day. And, and some days are better than others, but you yeah. know, if, you know, but most days are, most days are a, a battle. Exactly. You know, I try to explain that to people that actually more days, the majority of days, it's, 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 it's a struggle. It's a struggle that, like, like you said, if you find your passion, it's not the end of the world, but then those days of glory of, you know, the day where you find out that bad boys just did a hundred million dollars globally. Yeah. Like you cherish those days. I'm, I bet. Cause you're like, oh my gosh, this is, this is what blood, sweat and tears for six months filming it. Totally. Yeah. And that's the funny thing is like with your successes in business or my success with that film or films I'd done before, it's, you know, it's easy to look at that because that's what gets talked about. Right. And say, oh, that must have been easy. I'm like, well, no, it's actually, I've been in this industry for yeah. f- almost 15 years. Yeah. Like, the, you know, and it's, it's, it, this was just a great result of a lot of hard work and a lot of self doubt. Um, yeah. And a lot of perseverance I hear. And, you, and it's so inspiring hearing you say this. I'm so thankful for you to share this because, at a time, it sounds like when you were kind of at a low, which I've yeah. found the pattern in my life, you took a step, moved to LA and and risked like your entire like life to to make this career happen. But it sounds like you were actually at a low. You weren't coming off strength. No, 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 not yeah. at all. I was totally at a low. And um, the even the, and scarier than that was when I decided that I wasn't um, going to continue school um, because yeah. it was a waste of money for me. I wasn't learning anything. I, you know, I was, you know, totally just diving into the typical party scene of uh, American college, but I wasn't, I really wasn't taking it in. And I realized it was just such a waste for me um, given, you know, now knowing what I know, if I went back, I think I would have, you know, really appreciated it a lot more. Um, but shortly in that summer, I had an audition for a movie called The Hunger Games. Um, and uh, long story short. Um, so just to, just to clarify, yeah. how long after you had moved down here? It was a couple of years? It was, yeah. So I, I moved down when I was, and actually right when I moved down, so I was I moved down at like 18. Yeah. Um, and then it was probably when I was 19. So it was probably a year after that ended up happening. But it was a, it was a hard year. It okay. really like self, yeah. a lot of discovery in that year. And um I had this audition for Hunger Games and it was for the lead role next to Jennifer Lawrence. And I worked my ass off. I read all the books. I loved this, this franchise. Long story short, it came down to me and three other guys and I didn't book the role. Um, and that was really, really tough for me. Then I get a call saying, Gary Ross, our director really likes me for the bad guy role. And I was like, Oh my gosh, sign me up. I love that role too. Looking back, um, what at the time seemed like a massive failure uh, was actually the greatest gift the universe had ever given me because I had so much to learn as a human being and as an actor. And I always say this, had I been 
had I been catapulted into that kind of a limelight at such a young age, I'd probably be dead right now, honestly. And, um, and I got just enough success to book a job after that, like, um, uh, lone survivor or Vikings, but not enough that I couldn't live my life Mm -hmm. and grow as a human being. Um, cut to, I end up shooting Vikings, um, which again was another huge risk for me. Uh, they had said they'd seen the hunger games. They really liked me in it. And they thought I, I looked a lot like this young character that they wanted to mature in the series. Um, so they wanted me to take over the role from this young kid who was doing the role. Um, and that was a huge risk in itself because it was before the golden age of television. Um, it was a huge commitment because I knew that if the show in success, the show goes for six years, I'm there. Uh, but I signed on thinking that it was going to be, you know, three months out of my life out of the year so I could still do films. Cut to Vikings becomes a big global success and they up the series order. So now we're doing 20 episode seasons as opposed to 10. And I'm there for 11 months out of the year for the next <sighs> six years of and my life. And there is where? Ireland. Sorry, I didn't mention that. Yeah, that's okay. I was yeah. In Ireland. Yeah, could, yeah. yeah. Talk about a commitment. Yeah. So that was a huge, a huge uh, commitment for me, which at the time was really exciting. Um, but I was still struggling with my own stuff, uh, like my sobriety. Um, and, uh, yeah, what ended up happening was th- at the beginning, you know, throughout the years being on that show and being in Ireland, I think I got kind of lost in, in this, like, you know, there is, there's a lot to do there if you look out, but if you're living the life that I was living, you kind of just went to work and you went to the pub. Um, and, I, then I hit this really dark period of my life where I realized, um, you know, I was going to die or, or I wasn't going to have a career if wow. I didn't, uh, get my shit together. So, um, went to rehab. Um, I spent, uh, How long? 45 days there. Um, it was a huge professional and financial risk for me as well. And that's kind of the theme of this conversation I'm realizing is like all the risks I ended up taking to get here because yeah. those risks paid off immensely. And to date, the best decision I ever made in my career was doing Vikings and because I grew as an actor and the best decision I ever made in my personal life was going to rehab Unreal. because I grew as a human being. Unreal. Um, and, you know, came out the other side, decided to be very open about it because A, who knows if somebody watches one of those videos or something about me talking about it and can grow from it. But B... Um, they can, no doubt. Yeah, can, yeah, no and, but also I felt ac- accountable. Now you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm out, man. I'm, I'm talking about this. This is my, this is my story, and I'm, I have, n- I'm not going back. You know, I'm not doing that anymore. And for me, I get my highs from life, and from working really hard and continuing to build a career, um, developing stories, and uh, and talking with you. <laughs> you know, right back at you, bro. I mean, these the reason I've started this these conversations teach me so much every time. I'm so thankful. I feel so alive when I'm doing these. But B, it's part of my story of, of opening up my challenges. And I'm just, I'm thankful that that we can do it. And what I've found in my life is it's going from little boy, from my experience, little boy Brian to, to manning up. And I've found from a lot of um, just business I've done with, with the older generation, you know, our parents' age, I don't think a lot of men actually spent the time um, to grow up, you know, and and I think in the world that we're in today that just seems to be getting conscious overall, like just 
you know, in, in everything, in climate, in the environment, in food, in our bodies. Um, I think the numbing out of our feelings, I don't believe that that numbing out can continue um, because too many things have been hurt in the world by doing that. Um, so I think, I think stories like yours, um, resonate, but the pattern you've just said is so similar to, to mine where, you know, I did drop out and from dropping out from a real low point, the best thing that ever happened to me was meeting my first mentor, but from dropping out from like, and I think that a lot of people, um, maybe assume from, from success or perceived success, um, and we were just talking about this before, uh, we got on air that, uh, as much as people think you made so much money, you know, it's still usually half or, yeah. you know, yeah. um, but that it's from low points that the greatest gifts can come. And I can look back, um, at my life every time there's been that real low pers- personal or professional, um, I've made my greatest day, my, my greatest next stride. Um, but it's been feeling that, that pain and, and acknowledging that wound and trying to figure out, okay, that's there for me. What a gift. Thank you universe for that gift, that wound. Where can I go from here? So I appreciate, um, the vulnerability. Um, and I'm, I'm with you. So <laughs> I'm with you on this, on this vulnerable journey. Um, I guess I'd, I'd love to get more. So that was your professional career. Yeah. Um, so thank you for that. No, of course. Um, what about like personally, how do you, how do you find balance like now in your life? Um, and it's a key word for me. It's obviously part of the name of this podcast, but my whole life was build business. Like monetary s- success is going to define me, is going to define my worth. It's going to define my happiness. Realized very quickly that wasn't going to be the case. Was fame that driver for you? Was um, like what? What was that? Maybe that one-dimensional thing. If you could think about it, and how have you been able to bring in other dimensions to your life now as you've increased stability? Yeah, ironically, I think I, I think I, I see a huge parallel between um, my personal life and my career. You know, and, and and I think maybe a lot of actors would be able to relate because. Uh, so many of them have to look introspectively even just to be great artists. Um, for me, though, I think that the real driving force in my life, um, which played a huge part in, in, my, in my addiction and everything was validation. And that, that, you know, fame was, you know, that was never really the thing that I was like, oh, man, I want. I mean, if it came with it, it usually just meant that it was going to open up more job opportunities. So I certainly didn't shy away from it but but um but validation was 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 the huge the huge thing and and validation from if i can just take a little deeper validation from a parent validate or parents validation from family validation from friends validation from like if you if you validation from from everyone i mean and i would say you know specifically yeah uh, my father is is a huge one because he is a self-made man and it worked really really hard to get where he was um um and of course, I had immediately chosen, you know, the road less traveled, especially uh, in the context of how he lived his life. So for me, I felt even this bigger pressure, not to to prove him wrong, but like just just to show that I could do it, you know, that I wasn't, you know, 
you know, I've never, you know, I don't ever want to take a dime from my family. That's never been the thing. You know, I, I, I felt this inherent need to prove who I was. The irony in this is that, you know, I, I think you and I share this and it's, it's a great quality, but it's also, it can also be very detrimental is this, uh, people pleasing, uh, part of me. And what I learned, and, and again, this is both career and in life is like, I found mentors along the way that have taught me so much. And one of which was definitely worth mentioning for me would be Travis Fimmel, who was the lead on Vikings, because I saw him as a performer and I was so enamored with him. I also saw him as a person offset. And I was also so enamored by his lack of needing approval from anybody. And what I realized was that in living that way offset, it gave him the freedom to be as artistically uh, and creatively uh, expressive as he possibly could be on set. Um, and I realized that only until I stopped caring about what everybody thought of me or stopped trying to please people would I finally be free. And operating through gratitude is, is, what, is what now drives me. Don't get me wrong. I am not <laughs> some, you know, spiritually awakened being. I am every day working on improving that uh, and some days more than others. Um, I try to meditate. It's a huge part of recovery. It's a huge part of the thing, but I don't do it every day and I need to. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that I still need to be working a lot on. Um, but that was the, the turning point for me as an actor and as a human being is when I realized I don't need validation. I, I don't, it doesn't matter to me. I know when I've done a good job. I know when I've put my work in and I know who I am. I love it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I totally share that. Um, and if, as you're saying, first with your dad, I think for me, I think I, think I had, um, and daddy issues is maybe an overused term, but I think we like we have this. thousand percent. <laughs> yeah. It's a huge shadow. To it's be, a huge be shadow. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, but my dad, I think I wanted, I just wanted uh, a validation, attention from from him first and foremost. Um, so, you know, as I look at what's driven me, it was through business success that I was going to get validation. You know, little did I know that that was completely wrong. But uh, my own story, I, I convinced myself of for you know, half my life. But on the on the point of of uh, the the art of not giving a fuck. 100%. Um, yeah. 100%. You know, hence the hence this podcast, hence my 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 upcoming book because um I've found now previously in my life I've lived with so much anxiety to people please because I was just uncomfortable. I didn't even realize it. And I thought like, oh, you know, people say, "Oh, Brian's a great guy." Brian's a great. But like I was a great guy to myself. I didn't feel great, mm -hmm. but I had all this anxiety to like I got to run around and make people laugh like like, like I'm the monkey, like dance, monkey, dance. Exactly. Right? Exactly. It's crazy. Um, and it wasn't till for me, it was a lot of it was heartbreak and, and losing my dad, uh, heartbreak from relationship, losing, losing my dad at these personal lows that I was just like, I don't want to be in prison anymore. Like I felt like I was in prison. Yeah. And how do I get out of this? Um, and it was just starting not to give a fuck, you know, and just living my life and being as true. And I think, I think the way... You know, it's easy to say that for me, it's been just um, defining what like integrity is to myself, whatever that means, you know, and I, everyone's got their own 
opinion on the integrity to themselves. There's right and wrong. There's religion that can help guide that. There's spirituality that can help guide that. But at the end of the day, you know, make up your own mind. What is going to make you feel? What 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 have, what's what's made me feel most in integrity? And as long as I can stick to that, or when I do come off that, how do I get back? Then I can live my most authentic self and really not give a fuck what people say. A thousand percent. I mean, you, and that's what I realized is like, we know who we are. So many people say, oh, I'm trying to find myself. No, you know who you are. Just stop trying to convince other people of yeah. who you are. Yeah. You don't, you don't need to do that totally. anymore. The people that are meant to be in your life that are your best friends and your best supporters, they're going to stick around. They're not going anywhere. You know, that's why they're your best friends. That's why they're your best I people. I couldn't agree more. Or, or, or they're not. Like if, if people do fall to the side and there is a, you know, a, a, I think a layer of loyalty, but at the same time, maybe they weren't to be, meant to be in your exactly. life. Exactly. Or maybe they were. And that's the other thing is like, and I was talking to my girlfriend about this too, or maybe they were for that period of time and that's just okay as well. That's Everybody's going through their own stuff. And there's no judgment of other people. It's just, it's more just like, you know, we had that moment because we both needed it for this moment of growth in our life. And now we're going our separate ways, you know, and that's okay. I, I totally agree, man. I totally, totally agree. Um, thanks for that. Yeah, um, yeah. So where where do you think, you know, you're now in your, well, not your late 20s, your middle, middle of late 20s. Um, like what does, what does Alexander hope to achieve in the next few years as you look out, new decade, um, you know, what, what does, where, where, where do you go from here? You know, I've, I have huge hopes and dreams and I've always, I've always lived my life that way. But at the end of the day, I think personally, I really want to learn to be as present as I possibly can be. And that's something that I need to continue to work on. Um, I want to be a better friend and a better boyfriend and a better, uh, brother and son. Um, uh, professionally, I, uh, I'm developing, uh, right now, uh, two different projects with respective studios. That unfortunately, I can't talk about yet because they haven't released the information. But we're signing the deals at the moment, and I want to tell stories that matter to people that um, that they're inspired by, and you know, you know, reach a and can, and continue to do that for the rest of my life. You know, and um, come what may, the one thing I've realized with this business is like it's changed, you know, it's not what it used to be. So trying to achieve a level of success that, you know, a Paul Newman or somebody had back in the day, I mean, that's in the context of how it was. And now things have changed and that's all right too. It's just, as long as I'm operating out of gratitude and, and, and always pushing forward and, 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 and working at, working on, on, uh, developing new things. I mean, I'll be happy, but you know, I'd be lying to you if I didn't say I have huge ambitions. I do. I know you uh, do. I always have. And I, I, you know, and make no mistake, I, I, I'm going to work harder than anybody uh, around me in that, in that respect to master my craft and master what I do because I love it. I really love it. But at the end of the day, what matters most to me are, is my friends and my family and, and just, you know, living, you know, I, I witnessed a horrendous accident uh, over Christmas. And unfortunately this guy, lovely, lovely guy. And, uh, just uh, out of respect for him, I won't mention his name, but he ended up breaking his neck. Um, oh. and you know, for me, it was a huge wake up call. And I realized like, dude, that can happen at any moment of your life. Like, and suddenly all, all that crazy stuff, all the fights, all the things just seem so unimportant, you know, 
even the career, anything, you know, it's like, it's just the little things that are the big things, you know? So just continuing to master myself and work with great people. I, I've never had, you know, I read, I heard this the other day and it's the truth. Like I've never had this ambition to be the 175th Hamlet. Like I want to find this Shakespeare now. I want to work with that guy. I want to, uh, I want to develop stories with those guys. I want to work with great directors, you know, tell movies that, that, that can transcend borders, tell stories that can transcend borders and that will last, you know, a lifetime and hopefully more. It's awesome. Um, do you write down your goals? You know, that's a really important thing to do. And I've noticed that when I do, uh, they happen. And when I don't, it takes a lot longer for it to happen. So on that note, I will start doing that again. Uh, when I have an idea, like for example, when I was just writing a script. So yes, when I was writing a script, it's like, I'm going to get up at this time. I'm going to write. I'm going to do it for this long. You know, that I'm very structured with that. The hardest thing I've found is, is in my life, it's actually, I'd probably say it's probably similar to yours too. Like everything can change on a whim. Like I'd say it's kind of similar to an entrepreneur's life as well. It's like, there is no structure. You're not going to the office from nine to five. You can book a, a workout class after and this and that. It's none of that. So like- You can do a podcast in the middle of the day. Yeah, yeah right? Like, yes, like it's yeah. it's Every totally up. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, it's really important to, to learn how to master your time properly. Um, and that's still something I, I have to work on, you know? Like my main thing right now that I, I sound so, so, so stupid. I'm a huge morning person. I love getting up early, Me too, yeah. but like after like a hell of a week, like I had this crazy week of promoting bad boys. I mean, I was sleeping until like 11 AM, you know, and I get it. Like give yourself that time to like get your energy back and start again. But like, I need to start going to bed earlier and getting up earlier because I love the mornings, you know, and that's something that it's a small thing, but it's something that I'm I working love, on. Yeah. You know I what I mean? Self, self-reflective you are literally yeah. as of this week. <laughs> you're like, you've just launched the biggest movie in the world right now and you're giving yourself uh, yeah. shit for, yeah. uh, for waking up a little <laughs> bit late. me off. I'm like, what are you doing, Alexander? Like, get up, you know? <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah. Real-time self-reflection. Yeah. Um, well, I also love, I just picked up that like, when I asked what your goals are, you start with your personal goals, like good on you, man. Oh, like seriously, like you didn't go straight to your career and th- you know, it was like personally. So good on you. Thanks, man. Um, are there any books you mentioned a couple, uh, earlier that Will Smith left at the, at the gym for, um, the crew, uh, and the actors and actresses. Are there any other books you met- mentioned alchemist? Are there any other books that really have helped shape you and any like any of your thoughts that yeah, come to I mean, mind when i was when i was younger i loved a book called the power of one um amazing book it's an amazing book by uh, Tolle. yeah obviously the four agreements is something that we talk about a lot amongst our group and i know uncle frank yeah loves loves that book as well um uh you know i there's there's been so many i've read you know oh yeah um you know or no yeah you're talking um Gosh, what is that book by um, Eckhart Tolle? Uh, it's not the. It's uh, shit. Yeah, I know. I know that. Uh, I'll. Um, That's the one I got to start right now. Um, but I've read like you know I've read like, you know Zero to One and The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and um, all those books and and I, and I like I really like self help books. I wouldn't say there's one in specific. I think that. It's been, a, and that's kind of what I realized with Will too, is that he has so many because he's taking little bits from every single one. Um, I've started to look at, you know, autobiographies differently too, because I've been like, wow, hold on. 
this is literally a like somebody's entire life in 400 pages. Think about how much you can learn from that. And that's kind of been a, a new perspective. So I'm going to start getting really, really into that as well. Um, but yeah, I, I would say for me, it's more an accumulation of, uh, of knowledge and I take little things and it's the same as being a good actor. I think that some of the best actors that I've ever met or that I've ever learned from uh, are great because they've taken what works from the other great people they've worked with. It's not rocket science. You know, they, they're not some God's gift to acting. They're just really smart. And they've, they've, they've asked these questions and they've been vulnerable and they're, they're not afraid to look stupid by asking these questions. It's, I think it's the greatest gift ever is being like, okay, hey, what do you do? I mean, that's the first thing I did when I worked with Anthony Hopkins. I was like, what do you do? And he took me into his trailer and he showed me what he did. And, you know, and I took that and made it my own and 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 i and i continue to do that don't get me wrong i'm no anthony hopkins but <laughs> but I, I my my point is that i think it's the same with reading is like it's 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 consistently um consistently reading and i love podcasts i listen to a lot of them so yeah. i'll be listening to this one as thank well you. can't wait <laughs> thank you um yeah um yeah i think i think people are willing i've found in my life um people are willing to help. I really believe that, you know, especially people that have had their success, that have gotten to a point of being able to be more selfless than, than selfish, you know, building up their own life. You know, do they, are they more enlightened or, you know, I, I don't know what, how to define it, but they've gotten to a point where they're just willing to help and, and they're coming from a place of abundance. So I'm with you. I think just being okay with asking the question and, and not knowing answers and, and, you know, not knowing, um, is okay. It's actually a beautiful thing. None of us really know. You know, again, some of the people that I've spent a lot of time with it are some of the most successful entrepreneurs in the world. They are the most humble and the, have the most humility and because they're, they're soaking everything up. You know, they're learning from everyone and they're asking way more questions than they are saying. Like, it's quite a, it's quite a paradox. You know, it's like, well, I thought when you get really successful, you just tell everyone what to do. No. You just stay, stay curious and, and, and keep, keep asking, keep wanting to be um, educated from what a, a free gift. Someone's going to give you information that um, might help you in your life. What an amazing gift. Absolutely. And that's the, the, the only commonality I've ever seen between, you know, people who we'd, we'd say are successful people or even... Or, you know, or the people who are even successful spiritually, which I think is huge. Totally. Um, yeah. Is, is, yeah. Success is, it, it's changed. Sorry, I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt. No, no. Happiness. Success. Is, yeah. Yeah. Is success is, very, is, is multifaceted. Absolutely. You know, success, which I was, I was, I was confused of before in my, in my life for abs- sure. No, absolutely. And I, and I would, and I would, I would totally echo that. I, I have the same thing. And like, you know, I think that there, what is really success to you? And for me, it's, it's happiness. Okay. So what really makes me happy, genuinely happy? The only thing I'd say that I, I found between every single person I've ever met who is in some way, shape or form successful and happy is, is they, they allowed themselves the freedom to take that risk, you know, cause it is a risk in whatever you do. Um, and the reason nobody who's achieved a level of success could tell you exactly how they did it is because it's different for every single person and there is no there is no formula if you follow a formula you're going to wind up working for somebody you know and, and and that's okay too if that's what you want but if you if you want to go and do your own thing and, and have your own version of success whatever that may be you need to to give yourself that freedom to take those risks to be vulnerable 
and yeah. to be grateful the entire way through. I totally agree. And I, I think what what's worked um, or what I've what I try to achieve now daily, weekly, monthly, yearly um, is is actually just finding peace. So so happiness is an amazing feeling for me. But for me, it wasn't sustainable because I'm also sad at times. I'm also nervous. Absolutely. You know, I think right, just, it's the wrong word. It's joy. I think it's more the word. Joy is or yeah. peace is right. Peace peace is right. Joy and yeah. peace. I mean, this the whole secret, you know, Christmas sayings. Yeah. Above, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Yeah. Let's sing a carol now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's just because at a, at a place of peace or, or even feeling joy, but more for me, it's a place of peace. I have the op- greatest opportunity to feel, which gives me the greatest opportunity to be present. Um, and don't get me wrong, it is a daily challenge. And like you mentioned meditation. Um, I meditate. Do I do it enough? No. You know, I write my, uh, my five-minute journal. Do I do it every day? No. I do it a lot of days, but I can get better too. Um, and it's just, it's having these, these disciplines. I think it was Aristotle's quote, um, and I'm going to totally butcher it, but, but quality is not an act. It's a, I think it's a discipline, something like that. And he also said freedom is obedience to self-formulated rules. And I love that one as well, because I, I think one more time, freedom is the obedience to self-formulated rules. And if you think about that, it's spot on. How shitty do you feel when you've spent all day watching Netflix and haven't done anything? I mean, technically you're free, but are you really? No, you're yeah. free when you've set goals for yourself and you achieve them on a daily basis, whatever that may be. He's a, that's the book I'm reading right now. Um, oh God, I can't remember, I can't remember the actual, but it's, uh, it's by it's one of his most famous books by Aristotle. But that's that's a really interesting book as well. I'm glad we touched on that. Yeah, no, he's, he's amazing. Amazing. Um. I won't keep you any longer. I'm so appreciative of you doing this and <laughs> doing this when the biggest movie, um, one of the biggest movies of your career, the biggest movie of right now is going crazy. Um, you're such a gem for taking this time. And I think I'm saying this on behalf of a lot of people that will listen to this, that they're Dude, very thankful. It's my honor, man. Seriously, thank you for having me. Anytime, bro. Thanks for listening to Building Business and Balance with me, Brian Facebrega. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and the wisdom of the guests I'm privileged to have met and worked with around the world. Subscribe to my series on iTunes for real, raw, and diverse discussions with thought leaders and pioneers on building business, balance, and defining your own success. Tune in next time for episode four, featuring Mike Graziano. Until then, stay curious, my friends. Stay curious.